What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 15 of the Amazon Hustle Podcast. My name is Louis Mother Third. I am a six-figure Amazon seller. I am an Amazon coach, and I make Amazon content on YouTube and other social media platforms. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Most of the guests that come onto the podcast are people that I admire, and this guest is no different. When I first started to sell on Amazon, I was selling books, and over like six months, I got to the point to where my biggest goal was I wanted to have a big warehouse getting truckloads of books, and I and I and I wanted to be like the king of books on on Amazon. And this guest. Omer is his name. The way he sells Amazon was going to be my blueprint of how I was going to do my book business. Omer, aka Book Upcycle on Instagram, is one of Amazon's largest book sales. Let me just explain to you guys how big his book selling business is on Amazon. He has two warehouses in two separate states and overall his platforms that he sells books on, which mostly be Amazon, he made over $500,000 last month. That's half a million dollars in a month selling books. So you guys can see how he was my blueprint to where I wanted to be when I wanted to be the king of selling books. When I thought about the king of selling books, he is who I thought of and I wanted to be right up there with him. So it's an honor for me to have him on a podcast and be able to talk to him about things such as him being a foreigner coming from Turkey to go to the States for for college, how he started off selling textbooks, how that was the beginning of his Amazon business and how it grew from there. He dropped so many gems in this interview and it's not just for if you um want to be or you are an Amazon bookseller. If you do online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, private labeling, the gems that this man drops in this interview will help any of you guys scale your business from where you are to where you want to be. So I really, this is like, I really recommend you listen to this whole podcast, but do me a favor before we start this episode, follow me on Instagram at Lewis Mother Third so you can stay up to date with all the Amazon Hustle podcast news. But that's enough talking. Let's get right into this week's podcast. Omer. Could you please just tell the people exactly who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. Um, so this is Omar and uh, I came to the US in 2014 from Istanbul, Turkey uh, to study computer science. And I studied computer science in University of Missouri. And that's when I started selling books on Amazon. It was uh, my first year in college. And I started selling books of mine when the semester was over and then got more books to sell from my <laughs> friends. And then I started purchasing books from thrift stores and um, created ads on Facebook, Craigslist to get more free books because I didn't have capital back then. Okay. And then it went well. Then I hired um, my first sourcer. During that time, it was okay. like um, six months later, I started. Okay, so um, there's a lot I want to start with. Uh, when you were in college back in 2014, what made you decide to sell your own books on Amazon? Why not just sell them back to like the um, campus book bookstore like other college students would? Um, uh, there, there was another guy selling books that I... Uh, had a mutual friends with okay. and I heard that he's doing very well and I tried to sell and it's all it was sold mm -hmm. actually books was not the first item that I sold online I tried other things okay on eBay um I purchased um phone cases from Alibaba before uh, I started selling books okay. and it was very bad condition and <laughs> I had to wholesale them to another person 
right right because lost money out. on that yeah. So so basically basically you can say that you always wanted to learn how to, or you always wanted to find a way to make money online. Yes. Okay. Because and that then, was booming. Yeah. Yeah. And then just with the books that just happened to start working so you just ran with what was working. Mhm. Okay. Yes, because so, I uh, because I knew a real person that was mm -hmm. making money on selling books right. and um yeah. So when That's you first it. started to six months later, when you said that you hired your first sourcer, exactly what was your sourcer doing? Were they going to thrift shops or like how, like how did that work out? Um, I, I made him to download the scouting app mm -hmm. and I set up the triggers that I was looking for. And then um, I trained him how to source books. Mm -hmm. And then I was paying him as commission per book. Okay. Can I, can I ask like how much, like around how much you were paying for like the, um, the commission? Uh, the commission was $1 per book. Okay. At that time. Okay. Nice. Nice. And then he would just bring you or they would just bring you books and then you would just pay Would you pay them up front or would you pay them once the book sold? Um, I was paying up front. So okay. he was bringing me the books and then I was rescanning them. And mm -hmm. if it's still, uh, if they are still accepted by the triggers that I set up, mm -hmm. and then I was paying him a uh, dollar per book. Okay. Um, one quick and question. About he was my classmate. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then how long did that go? Did you end up hiring more after him or how, like what, like what happened after that? Um, I ended up hiring more, one more person. Okay. Um, on cherry picking. Then, um, my interest got into the textbooks okay. more. Um, I was traveling uh, to other states to purchase more books because I, I was uh, looking into Kipa charts. Mm -hmm. If it's off season, a textbook could be like $10, mm -hmm. which is not making any money. Mm -hmm. And it can go up to 50, 60, 70 bucks. Oh, once, when, uh, once during the textbook season, season. Start come back. Okay. Yes. okay. Yeah. That, then, then I started traveling, yeah, other states, and I was selling them on August and January mostly. Okay, so you will spend ten months out of the year going to collect these books that weren't really selling. So you probably were getting them like really cheap, and then in August, mm -hmm. in the August and in, in September, that's when business will really start to boom. Um. Yeah, actually, uh, that that required a little money because. Um, you are paying upfront and you are waiting textbook season to come mm -hmm. to sell. And I uh, borrowed some money from a friend mm -hmm. and I remember it was $8,000. Oh, wow. Uh, um, this, this was not in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, this was after I realized that, okay, you buy books and you put the price and it sells. Right. It's no risky. You don't need to advertise anything because there is a existing demand on the books mm -hmm. and data uh, doesn't lie i i was looking also for the kipa charts that's why i was a little more comfortable to spend money on it right because you because you because you had the, the data to back up that it actually does mm -hmm. okay yes um so were you still in college when you were traveling to some different states to go get these books Yes, I was traveling during the weekend. Okay. I was going to school full time uh, in the weekdays. 
and after my last class is over mm-hmm. and I was getting ready to go out of state uh, I was I was visiting the thrift stores in my city mm-hmm. during the weekdays and I was going out of the states uh, on the weekends on the weekends yes got it when you were going to these thrift stores during the week like on a regular thrift store um like on a regular thrift store trip how many books were you like getting um sometimes i may get lucky and i could return maybe 300 books 400 books a weekend okay uh but this is the time that i get lucky sometimes uh just 50 books okay 60 books i have a question for you one of the questions because i sell books also um, one of the questions that I get from new booksellers is how do you deal with that? Um, I don't want to say being scared, but the awkward feeling of where you're in the thrift store and you're scanning the books and you're worried about what other people are saying or or maybe the employees. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, I, I felt uncomfortable when they first asked me, but then mm-hmm. I got used to it. I was just explaining. I was um, I was just saying I buy and resell online. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I uh, I was getting also nervous when I see other people are scanning. It was like a competition, <laughs> competition. for me, as, especially for the book fairs. Mm-hmm. It uh, like in my first book fa- book fair, I saw like twenty people scanning books. Oh wow! And I got really nervous. Right. <laughs> I I felt like I I'm missing out. <laughs> but then I got used to it. I just uh, explain people. I mm-hmm. I buy and. I resell online. Have you ever have you have you ever had somebody um, react negative to you being in the thrift store and you're scanning books and you tell them that you buy them and then resell them online? Has anybody ever been negative or mean? Um, no, I didn't have any uh, negative experience on those people. Actually, okay. I had good connections at thrift stores, even even if they were my competitors. Mm-hmm. We were exchanging information like about the softwares we use, about which kind of scanner that we use. It mm-hmm. was positive. I didn't have any negative experience on that. Yeah, exactly. When I first started scanning books, I would see a couple of people that were also scanning books or I would go to a thrift store and I could just tell somebody was already there scanning scanning books. Just mm-hmm. how the books yeah, were. yeah. That. And at first I thought it was competition, but then I got to the point where I thought, I got to the point where I realized I can learn from these people. And now I have like a mm-hmm. small WhatsApp group of like 60 different booksellers and we just share information and all type of stuff. So mm-hmm. you're, so like your competition doesn't have to be your competition. It can actually be just like a coworker. Yeah. Yeah. So some people are not very comfortable with sharing information. Right. They feel more uh, competition, mm-hmm. but I, I don't feel the same way. Yeah. I um, usually share information if i have the vibe from the other party Mm -hmm. i can share there is no problem with that one thing that i've noticed is the more like i'm not going to share all my information but the more Mm -hmm. open i am to helping somebody and giving out information the more information that comes back to me it's kind of yes it's kind of like a karma type of type of thing yeah If, if i feel that i'm giving information but i'm not getting back anything or that person is fully closed to communication then mm-hmm. i just say hey bye good luck exactly and then leave. exactly exactly but luckily and for when, when, yeah and when sharing info, information uh 
it's not like my uh, personal information about right. my business right uh like i don't share the triggers that i buy mm. uh because if they if everybody in the bookstore has the same triggers they're gonna are going for the same buy them all uh, yeah same yeah. but when everybody has a different uh triggers they have different target profit mm. different capital to al- allocate uh you can always find books sometimes right. you find uh less books but you can still find them. Nice. Okay. Um, what do you say to people who say they, cause you just said that you can always find books. Um, I'm sure you've had people come to you and say, Oh, I went to the thrift store and I couldn't find any books to sell. Is that possible? Yeah, that might be possible. Um, some, some places has more competition than the supply. Right. Um, so I, I was looking, uh, so I, I had chair picking operation in St. Louis. Uh, by the way, I have two warehouses, one in Midwest, one in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I was uh, looking for expansion to another state, mm-hmm. I uh, tested other states. I tested uh, chair picking operation in Kentucky, in Chicago. Oh, wow. uh, there, was, there was more competition than I expected. Sometimes there more competition at goodwill savers mm-hmm. sometimes it's not visited very often or right. there are a lot of donations going to that store and it's enough for uh people if there are too many right so if there is enough if there is too much compet- if there's more competition or if there's more demand than supply for the used books would you recommend people do what you did when you were in college and go to other cities and go to other states uh it depends on the events sometimes there are book fairs that mm-hmm. has um like hundred thousand books even uh I, i've been a, fa- a book fair that was like over seven hundred thousand books oh wow it's definitely worth to uh drive like three four hours mm-hmm. to uh source those books because you'll get too many even if there are 50 other resellers oh wow well, that's what. But if it's but it, but if it's a small library sale, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't bother to travel that much to scan those books. Right, right. It depends on the um, the quality of the source, mm-hmm. the size of the source. Okay. And I also I also recommend um like people who is looking to start or who is very new in this business mm-hmm. uh to source free items. Like there are too many ads on Craigslist, okay. Facebook that are trying to get rid of. And I also created ads saying that, uh, hey, if you have like, um, too many books that you want to donate, but um, you're just being lazy and I can just come pick them up. Right. I, um, yeah, I had very profitable books from right. um, the people that I visited their house and picked the books. Okay. And would you like, at this time when you were doing that, did you have like a van or did you just have like a regular car that you would come get the books or how did you um, transport first, them? First, I, first I had a regular, uh, regular size car, then mm-hmm. um, I purchased a van, mini van. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was more convenient right. for me. Um, you said that you had cherry picking operations in different states before you decided to do your second warehouse in St. Louis, right? uh my first my first warehouse is in st louis okay so then and i moved to phoenix arizona yes 
Um, what does a cherry picking operation look like? Because I'm I'm thinking of like you you have like five different people coming in, dropping off books, and running to the di different thrift shops. How does that work? Um, sometimes you lose money on cherry picking because of the mistrained people, right. or you waste your time mm -hmm. uh, because you you invest in your time and money you buy a new scanner for that sorcerer mm -hmm. and you give your hours to train him actually it's not uh that complicated you just scan the books if it's accepted and you just buy mm -hmm. it's not that complicated but somehow sometimes they just uh don't want to do it yeah lazy yeah, lazy. They they just visit a couple times, then they quit. Right. I, I have that. Uh, I have had this um, experience before. Okay. You are in college. You're going to the thrift stores in your local neighborhood on like the weekdays. Then you're going out of state on the weekends. At what point do you go get a warehouse? Or like, how did that go? Did you have a storage and then a bigger storage and then finally a warehouse? How did that work out? Um, I. I rented a small space. It was mm -hmm. uh, it was a office space. It okay. was like um, two or three hundred square foot. It was okay. very small. And then after uh, a textbook season, then I rented my rented my first warehouse. It was also small, but mm -hmm. bigger than two hundred square foot. Uh, <laughs> right. It was one thousand square foot. And then that um uh, that was more convenient right and um the books. in this story from being a college student just selling textbooks to where you are now which is a seven-figure bookseller and mm -hmm. you made in revenue like half a million last month which i saw on your instagram correct yes which is which is crazy you are officially the biggest are you the biggest bookseller like who like do you like do you talk like do you know the other big books mm -hmm. yeah there are many book uh many big ones that are doing half a million in a month more more than yeah oh wow okay and okay so um at what point in this journey from starting just selling your own textbooks to making half a million in um, a month at what point did you realize that amazon was an actual business that you can really make money at like when did it click from just kind of doing it to actually doing it as a mm -hmm. real business um, so in the beginning, I was doing uh, Merchant Fulfilled. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, FBA sounded a little more complicated. Mm -hmm. I was listing them as merchant than during the time that I had the uh, small office space. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had to travel. I had to go on vacation mode on Seller Central. Then I looked into FBA program, which is fulfilled by Amazon. And then uh, I sent the first shipment from my apartment. Uh, <laughs> it was 50 or 60 books. And I, did, I used the, uh, the scale that I use on the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I, that. I did that but, also. Uh, yeah. And then I, the, the first that they, the shipment was checked in, mm -hmm. uh, three or four books was sold. And oh. I, it returned all the capital that I invested. Then I saw the opportunity because Amazon is already taking care of the customer support, uh, picking, packing, shipping. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the only thing that I need to do is um, expanding, scaling up the sourcing part. 
right. because you, as a booksellers, uh, as booksellers, we don't worry about if that book is gonna sell or not. We know that most of them are gonna sell, right? Mm-hmm. If you have the, uh, if you are buying in the right criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I saw the opportunity to expand into more uh, sourcing. Right. So at what point, I'm sure you don't do cherry picking at thrift stores now, making the money that you're making. So at what point did you move from doing cherry picking to getting books in bulk? Oh, that's a good question. Um, It was during the, uh, right after the COVID happened. It was March, 2020. That was when I purchased the first truckload. Okay. Okay. And how many books are roughly in a truckload? Um, I would say, so it's usually 44 to 48 pallets. Okay. And it's around 35,000 books. Oh, wow. At a truckload. But there is a difference on cherry picking operation. You only pay for the ones that you no, are, are intending to sell. Yes. Right. But for uh, for in bulk operation, so you buy as in blind you you buy blindly. You mm-hmm. don't know what's in there, and mm-hmm. then you process them. Um, you only sell or try to sell like 15, 10 to fifteen, uh, sometimes twenty if you get lucky, percent yeah. out of the box. Yes. Yeah. and then you sell the or send the rest to recycle. Yeah, I know. I um. I did when I did my first bulk buy. I didn't do a truckload. I did a couple of a couple of pallets, and I was looking mm-hmm. for. I'm I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get fifty percent books. I can sell as FBA. Then twenty five percent I can sell as FBM. And by the time it was done, I had like sixteen percent books that I can sell as yeah. FBA. Then I had seventy percent that I that I had to figure out how to get rid of these books. And I talked to one of my book friends like oh this is terrible he was like no that's actually average you actually did pretty good on there like yeah 16 percent is not bad yeah Yeah. so i had to get used to that um what do you do with all the books that you can't sell do you have different like ways of getting rid of these books or do they all just go Um, to recycling so first uh so we first we try to make the most money out of the um books right so currently on my sorter, uh, conveyor sorter, it's making comparisons between uh, like what, what if the payout as FBA um, and how much is the profit as merchant fulfilled. And it, it compares the payouts and it compares the uh, offers from buyback companies mm-hmm. and it's going to most profitable way okay. on the conveyor. And then if, uh, if, we think that we cannot make any money out of it, then uh, we put it into recycle bins. This exact, actually, it's the same uh, Gaylord boxes. Then mm-hmm. when we have enough to ship out, then we, we call the dispatcher and schedule a pickup. Um, then they come pick them up. Nice. Um, the paper recycling company. Did you, um, did you finish college? Did you graduate? Yes, I graduated in uh, May, 2020. Well, congrats. Um, have you, so you haven't used your Thank degree, you. right? Um, no, but <laughs> I was looking to, so my major is computer science. Mm-hmm. Uh, my purpose is to integrate my field of study 
-hmm. into my business because ah, so you want to do um, that. Okay. yes that's okay. uh that's how you so you you gotta have something different to uh, to make it better right comparing to your competitors right um so i always try to integrate my field in my business that's okay. why we have built that um customized conveyor sorter i saw it on that, instagram that's 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 crazy oh thank you and that's why uh we so that we use a different software mm -hmm. it's a customized one mm -hmm. um it's um a little different than the other ones that's right. existing so what i'm saying is the software the hardware it was just all the attempts to integrate um my field into mm -hmm. the business right with the that, business that has to be good because you actually do have a degree in a background and you can actually use that and you know like you have the book business and you know what you want a program to do or you can see the other programs that oh this mm -hmm. could be added or this could be taken away yeah you can customize but personally personally i hate programming uh, oh wow okay so i I hate programming, but I know what to ask for. Yeah, so, you can hire somebody okay. and then you know what mm -hmm. to say and what you want and how it should go. Yes. Okay. I never had the, uh, I did not go to um, a corporate job after graduation, like, yeah. um, like programming job. Um, your programming friends that were in college or your um, computer science uh what's the word um what's the classmates your your computer science mm -hmm. classmates do you still keep in contact with some of them yes some of them and are they doing the whole program in silicon valley type thing um no i actually i i have i have some friends um uh, that's working at like uh smp 500 companies mm -hmm. like apple tesla right. um amazon <laughs> and they they seem like they're happy <laughs> right um what do they say about what you're doing um they say uh they admire mm -hmm. they say they wish they have business but um i think what they have is also a great opportunity yeah they, yeah. they have that uh they have the experience in that field i think yeah. that's great too are you, I don't want to say happy because I think happy is just an emotion and emotions come and go. Are you um, satisfied with the current situation? Yes. Yes. Uh, um, yes. I can say that I'm satisfied with the current business that I'm running. Um, yeah. The well, business good. is still growing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's still promising. So I'm happy where I am right now. That's 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 very good to be content with where you're at while still striving to do more. Um, my question mm -hmm. is, with Amazon being so popular now and selling on Amazon and everybody moving to doing wholesaling and doing online arbitrage, I know a couple of big time booksellers and a lot of them quit doing the book business because the book business is very hard. Um what made you stay in the book business instead of just taking your money that you made and moving over to online arbitrage or wholesale? Um, that's a good question uh, because I know a lot of people 
uh, doing those business models. And mm -hmm. some of them are uh, former book resellers. Right. And they say they are very happy because they have less work to do. <laughs> I mean, not less work, but not less warehouse work. It's yes. Not, uh, you don't have to work at the warehouse that's over 90, 100 degrees <laughs> scanning books. Uh, so I maybe maybe I can go into that, but I want to push harder uh, on the current business that I'm running to right. um, to see how big I can grow grow it. I get that. Um, do you think that if you were to do some other type of business model, it would be like a extra business or like a separate business and you will always keep the book business even if you're not working in it? Uh, that's a good question. I currently, uh, so I currently have other businesses with partners. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, we are into, we, uh, another business model is private labeling. We are okay, also yes. doing private labeling. Mm -hmm. I started private labeling um, in 2017. Okay. I had two failed attempts. <laughs> and no. then uh, now there is a successful one that we are still running. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Um, one of the last questions I have for you is somebody who's listening or watching this podcast now, and they see where you're at eight years later, um, and they're just starting, what kind of tips or tricks could you give them when they're just first starting they just signed up for amazon they have their little mm -hmm. yo-yo scanner and they want to go to the thrift store and find some books what kind of information could you give them um i would advise them that they do not rush in growth mm -hmm. uh they can take their time make their potential mistakes when they're small because it may uh, it may cost a lot more those mistakes uh when they got bigger uh they can take their time um like source some books learn how amazon works fee structure sales strength structure they they should also look into the softwares because softwares are great uh i remember the time uh that we did not use any software and oh, wow. no repriser no lister um it was a big change mm -hmm. i would recommend them to um, like look for the softwares, listers, reprisers. Some booksellers, they do not use the um, scanner. I definitely recommend them to have a scanner, even with a, uh, even if it's a very cheap one, like they're mm -hmm. for their scanners for 40, 50 bucks. Right. Um, and also, and interact with other resellers on social media. That's very, very helpful. I get questions uh, on Instagram uh, and I try to answer them when I have time. Um, just do that. Interact with other resellers. Um, you learn from each other. I, I still talk to other booksellers when I have questions. And also um, cash flow issues. <laughs> As I said, do not rush in growth and this this uh, business can uh remain as a side hustle mm -hmm. for a while do, do not quit your current job <laughs> right. too early right i think that was all of my um recommendations those, those were some great um recommendations and a lot of good advice and i agree with all of it um 
I really appreciate you giving me the time out of your schedule to um, sit oh. down and talk with me. Um, I'm sure that the audience will get a lot of good information. Uh, where can the people find you at? Like on Instagram, what's your, um, what's your Instagram handle? Um, Instagram is book up cycle. So if you want to find, um, um, get with Omer, you can go to book up cycle and I'll yeah, put, on um, Instagram. I'll put the link in the description and I really, I really hope you guys found this week's podcast entertaining and educational. If you did do me a favor, rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. That will let me know that you really did enjoy it. And I'll catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace out.